Recording in progress. Well, hello, 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 everybody. It is time. It's time for the Outpouring Fellowship Podcast. Yes, the place for Jesus lovers who question the church. We've got our good friend Stefan Olvera on this week. We're talking about deliverance in the context of home fellowships or ecclesia. That's right. That's right. We're talking about deliverance because, you know, that's all part of the Christian life. That's all part of what um, God wants as much as when he delivered us from the bondage of sin. You know, as long as we live in this world, we deal with darkness all the time. So deliverance must be a continuance in our walk with the Father, as well as bringing it to others who are seeking freedom from their bondage. Uh, whatever is whatever is going on in their lives, whether uh, sicknesses, uh, diseases, or or, or, or or spiritual bondage for what um, for whatever reason, for whatever uh, cause or anything of that nature, so we are so it's important that we understand what deliverance is and how we apply it to our walk, especially when we want to be in the uh, ecclesia community. So uh, shalom, shalom, everyone. It is good to be here with my uh, co-host, uh, Matt Patton, and myself, Caleb Meal, and with Stevan Olvera. It is good to be back here um, with another exciting episode. So I'm looking forward to the, um, discussing on, uh, again, this on this topic. Uh, so as you Let's know... Let's do a little yeah. bit of housekeeping before we actually get into it, though. Yes. So, as always, you can catch us live on Rumble or watch it any old time. You can watch it anytime on after about Thursday morning or so on YouTube or catch it on your favorite podcast app. Uh, actually, sooner than Thursday because I'm actually <laughs> I'm handling the audio upload now. Um <laughs> Um, you can also find us on True Social, talk to Caleb directly, at Caleb Meal, talk to myself, at tech underscore freedom. You can find Caleb on Instagram, at Caleb underscore meal. Myself on Telegram, at Matthias76. Shoot us an email, outpouring underscore fellowship at proton.me, or talk to Caleb directly, CalebMeal at outlook.com. The music, of course, is Indie Folk Background by Kale Productions. Please feel free to subscribe, like, all that sort of good stuff. You know the drill, guys. Don't don't make us beg. Don't make us beg. Just hit the subscribe button. That'll help us out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it is good to be back here. Um, and again, Stefan, we're so glad to have you back. Um, it, it is good to have you back. And uh, again, I'm excited to talk about this topic. Oh, indeed. And deliverance is one of the more, for me anyway, as far as the ministry and research that I'm involved with, one of the more important topics in, in terms of, of course, the Christian walk, as we know very well, but also for anyone who wants to have um, a deeper relation with who God is, God Almighty, Heavenly Father, the one who sent Jesus to us to absolve us of all sins. But more than that, also to remove from us any of the bondages, any of the imprisonments, uh, mostly unseen, of course, but they do manifest and they do get in the way of our lives, uh, living in the family scenarios, jobs, and so on. And of course, Jesus delivers us from that along with his Holy Spirit. But 
oftentimes we are holding on to things of the past. And that's kind of like what we're going into today is kind of how do you remove that, um, bring it up to the Lord, and just some of the methods that you see biblically, but even in just our general daily lives. And we'll be going into that uh, pretty shortly. So I'm looking forward to it by all means. All right. So let's recap from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yep. We were talking about the Gerasene demoniac and Jesus' interaction with him. Um, how his life was radically changed through that encounter with Jesus. And how we, as followers of Jesus, can, for lack of a better way to put it, tap into that. Mm-hmm. And not only experience freedom ourselves, but help other people to experience freedom. And also, like just adding to what you're saying, Matt, uh, what Jesus said when he came to when I'm um, just using his words in the context of when he, uh, he she lit, uh, raised the girl that um, died, uh, raised her up, and uh, the, everyone was uh, was surprised. And no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was the, it was another demonic uh, um, uh, uh, oppression that Jesus delivered, where he said that you guys can do the same if, if uh, with fasting and prayer. There is another area where he says, "You guys, you can do the same if you have faith." That was the epileptic boy. <clears throat> well, yeah, okay, okay. So, which was actually right after the Mount of Transfiguration, by the way. There you go. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so. He's, he's saying that you guys can do the same. And he's saying, uh, even when he granted the authority, when he sent them out two by two, that they could do the same. Um, so every, those who believe, he's given us all. He, when he ascended, when Jesus ascended, he said, all power and authority you know, that was given to me, I give to you. I'm paraphrasing, but I, I, give, I have given to you. So walk in it. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. Talked about the Gerasene demoniac and kind of put it in context because that happened right after Jesus silenced the storm, right? Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, he was tired. <laughs> he didn't hardly get any sleep that night because the disciples were freaking out so hard. And, like, the way it's told in Mark was, like, it happened like that. Like, he silenced the storm, dawn hit, and they landed, and they were approached by this guy with all these demons, with legion, you know. And Jesus like, uh, I, like, in his humanity, I'm going, he must have been going, Oh, what he, now? <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> come on. <laughs> But then his divinity and his communion with the Father was such that he was like, all right, let's roll. <laughs> <laughs> that is, if, if the Father didn't tell him, hey, this guy's coming. Yeah. It, we don't know. And most, and most likely, I would, in, my, in my opinion, he would because, because again, and again, I'm not trying to differ topic, but with Jesus as, as our example, he would always go after he was done with his ministry. He would go up to the, he'd always go somewhere private, whether to a mountaintop or anywhere private, to be with his father. And I'm sure, and I, I have no doubt that the father, through his Jesus' time with the father, the father would tell him, okay, you, um, you're gonna, 
things are going to be happening. You need to prepare for this, but you need to go to this destination because you need to set someone free. I mean, it's not it's not impossible. It's not unre it's unreasonable to think that because Jesus was said that I, the son does nothing without the leading of his father. Does nothing. Mm -hmm. So it, it's I think that would make sense. Wherever he would go, the Lord would lead him. This is where you need to go. Absolutely. So anyway, talking about deliverance. Well, so how do we want to start this? Well, I think we were going to talk about some examples. Yes. Sort of real life right now. Or yes. recent, anyway. Um, and full disclosure, I'm in a class learning about deliverance. So, <laughs> so there's that. Um, and that's a lot of the impetus for the series that we're doing. Because... The reality is it doesn't take a professional exorcist or even no. a pastor to do this. Let's make like, that very clear. Like Let's make that guys, very clear, yeah. You guys, back in the back in the early 200s, there was a, a church leader, he was a bishop named Tertullian. Okay. This guy was on fire. Not literally. <laughs> uh was never martyred. But that's beside the point. Um, but he was what you might consider an early Pentecostal. He believed that any Christian who can't drive out a demon probably isn't really a Christian. Ouch. Aha. And, you know, they didn't... I, I imagine that they probably didn't have the, the concept of inner healing. Which is what the the model the models that we're going to be talking about today and over the next couple of times will be focused on, because the idea with doing inner healing first is that it will actually make it easier to get rid of those demons. To because um, they like to they come in with pain. They come in with trauma. Right. Whether you're talking about just regular stuff or stuff that Stefan has been researching, which is freaky even to me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, the whole satanic ritual abuse stuff. But I don't really want to touch on that right now because let's focus on what most of us are going to be dealing with. Okay. What most of us deal with on a regular basis. Things that mm -hmm. trigger overreactions to simple things hmm. um, whether it be something somebody said or a situation that just brings us back to something that happened when we were a kid right right and that's that's the tell that's the yeah. oh there's something there and that's where if there's you know i think eventually we'll talk we'll 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 talk about yeah. all that because it, it needs to be that what Stefan has researched because it needs to be addressed and because believers need to be aware but for, for now we'll start little by little let's just start with the little steps um mm -hmm. where, uh, per, where it comes personally and so to be aware of what um how the enemy affects you know at how it attacks us to on our in our vulnerability and in our i'm not saying it right um how where we're vulnerable vulnerable at and and then addressing that 
and allowing the Holy Spirit to replace that and empower us to rebuke. So the enemy has no hold on us. Mm -hmm. But with that, we want we want to show uh, listeners that there is proof that this is true. All of this is true because you, you need testimonies. You need to see that because, again, I say it all the time. Um, you need these kind of testimonies of of freedom, deliverance, and miracles, all these to prove that there is a God. He is real. He is alive. And he is still working. So we need that the, these testimonies also to encourage us, the our, you know, us speakers right now. Not, not that we're anything important, but, you know, when we're trying to give a platform to give you guys, this encourages us to continue mm-hmm. moving forward with even this, what we're, what we're doing. Absolutely. Um, so why don't you share one first, Caleb? All right. Um, when we, uh, so we were all talking about where we can try to find uh, actual testimonies. I will start with a ministry that I that uh, we that me and Matt have been aware of for a while, um, called Praying Medic. Uh, he's all about the the healing industry um, when it comes to prayer. Uh, so, and he on his website prayingmedic.com, all you have to do is go into the search um, icon there, and then just t- t- type in testimonies, and it'll give one right here uh, is a testimony from back in 2021. Um, still in a way recent, but you know, uh, but it's still a, um, one of the, one of the just a recent testimony. So I'll just read it. All right. So it, this was posted on December first, two thousand twenty-one, at uh, nine forty-one a.m. Um, okay. So one of the most common questions I received uh, is whether it's necessary to have someone else um, pray for your healing. This is pray, praying medic talking, or if you can receive it by praying for yourself. A few weeks ago, I posted on Telegram a testimony from a woman who prayed for herself to be healed. On November 29th, I received the following message. I just wanted to share a quick healing testimony with you. This is the woman speaking. I I injured my pinky about a year and a half ago while doing Brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu. Even though I stopped practicing, it never healed. It felt like a severe sprain, although there was visible inflammation. So about an hour ago, I decided that I was tired of the pain and I needed to implement the healing strategy you share in your book on healing. So I laid my hand on my pinky. I commanded the ligaments, tendons, muscle fibers, and joint and joint to be healed for any inflammation to go down. And then I thanked Jesus for taking the pain. And that was it. And I did not feel any sensation at all. And I was hoping for at least uh, oh, oh, a warming sensation around the joint, but there was nothing. So I thought, well, I, I guess it's not healed. But then I moved it. Then I moved it around and felt it at least 95% better with just a minor discomfort move, moving it. So I decided to pray for uh, for again and did the same thing. But this time, it felt like a tendon moving around the knuckle, and it was 100% pain-free. And I have full range of motion without any pain for the first time since I injured it. Before then, I was unable to put pressure on it or grip anything tightly without um, very uh, noticeable pain. Thanks for writing that book. 
God is good. Okay. And just to be clear, that was a healing, not, not necessarily a deliverance. But yes, the Greek word that's used for salvation, healing, and deliverance is the same word. Sozo. Okay. So it's all the same thing. It's all yes. God breaking into our lives and setting things right. Yes. Whether that be a physical healing, whether that be emotional healing, whether that yeah. be casting off, casting off a demon, doesn't matter. It's all the Absolutely. same stuff. It's the and finger can, of God. Yeah. And I can confirm that actually this happened to me. And this was before I even heard about praying medic or what he's done, what he's done. Um, I was at a um, deliverance ministry in Washington state uh, from a, a ministry called hungry generation, because these are people that want to be moved by the Holy spirit and they go out evangelizing, healing people and, and seeing demons cast out. So I go to the deliverance just to see it for myself. And uh, this was during the time when I was still working at a childcare. And when I was at the, my job at the, at the childcare, I was playing with kids, but playing basketball and I jammed my pinky into the basketball Ooh. and it, it yeah, it, it hurt for a while. It just would not heal. And I thought, okay, eventually it'll go down. And it just, it didn't seem like it was a, a healing at all. Um, and going to this uh, conference in, in the Washington state, uh, and just hearing their teachings and, and such. And so when I was leaving back home to go back home, I was just like, you know what? Time to start practicing the authority that's been given to me. And as I was, you know, throughout through my trip to um, different airports, I just kept praying for it. I kept praying for it, rebuking it, and just continued to quench, you know, qu uh, quench my fist, you know, to get that pinky just to get moving. And eventually, eventually it did. And I was just like, wow. I was just like, okay, I couldn't do that before. I could not do that before. What is happening? And I'm like, that is crazy. I was like pumped after that. <laughs> and I was, when I, my, when my parents picked me up from the airport, I was like, look, look, look. Remember my pinky that I jammed a while back? Look at that. <laughs> it, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I can confirm that. It's, it's true. All right. So, and then as far as like actual deliverance, um... I do have one more thing to share. Oh. Uh, another one. Um, I think this is, this is more of a, um, more of a deliverance testimony. This is from a ministry called the, um, the supernatural life ministry. Um, so this is just one of their, uh, uh, t testimonies that they post out on their web, on their website. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Okay, so there's not a name, but it's just a quote. I attended the re revival for deliverance. I was blown away and delivered from so much. I came with an open heart and expectancy with a request to deliver me from anything and everything. Okay, so this, apparently this person has been dealing with a lot. The Holy Spirit delivered me from the spirit of oppression, gener generational curses, blood covenant, uh, still learning with that. No idea what uh, what that was, and that even uh, and that I, even if I had that I had it. Uh, incubus, Scubus, uh, uh, Lilith, you know all these different names. The Jezebel spirit, all her children, <laughs> all these names. <laughs> Today I can testify and say I am the daughter of the Most High King Jesus. He loves me, and I love him. Once I got uh, home, I began to look up 
these demons that were delivered from me and and I'm slowly having a better understanding of my life and that this will help me to deliver my family and friends. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Daniel and Heather, for your obedience. God bless you. Yeah. Amen. So likely that conference was based around inner healing. Yeah. The way it sounds. Um, because, well, let me, let me give you an, uh, another example. Um, so with the, with what we're going, with what we're going to be talking about later today, um, and there are probably 10 or 20 different models for right. inner healing deliverance type prayer. Okay. Um, we're going to be looking at a modified version of one of them. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty low key. It's basically conversation, private conversation between you and a friend. Okay. Um, and the idea is that you notice that the friend has a maybe perhaps a recurring overreaction to something. Uh, whether it be, you know, words that somebody said, whether it be just a certain set of circumstances that reminds them of, you know, way back and they just mm-hmm. lose it. When normally they're a fairly even keel person. Yeah. And right. we've all, I don't, I would say we probably all had those moments. Where oh some, yeah. Something, and even just in the human nature of like think, things that trigger of like bad memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything. It's all of that stuff is in there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So actually I'm, I'm going to use the role play. So fun. Um, there was a, a video that the lady who put this, who developed this model through many years of, work in Muslim context. Okay. So it's actually designed for that, but it'll work anywhere. Um, the idea was that the, the, the person who she was ministering to, she was, you know, she was friends with, not a problem. And she noticed that this person had a major emotional reaction to a neighbor in this situation. Um, because so she asked if she could pray for them. That's, that's all you got to do. And, you know, ask the person, it, is there something in, you know, is there something in your past that this reminded you of that, it brought up this, you know, in you. And like Caleb said, we all go through it. We've all had issues, right? Mm-hmm. Like, personally, I I sometimes struggle dealing with my dad. It used to be worse, but sometimes still struggle dealing with my dad. And it's just a matter of going back to time to a time when you're when the hurt 
started. Uh, and then inviting the Lord into that moment. I guess I'm kind of doing the model now. <laughs> inviting the Lord into that moment and looking for him in that scene, whatever the scene is. And the, the role play video was, it was basically the, the neighbor is very critical of the, of the friend. And it reminded her of both a friend of hers when she was a kid and um, things that her mom used to say. I mean, how many of us go through that? <laughs> Seriously. Um, and so she, the first thing was this, this friend who really wasn't much of a friend, to be honest, but she would just berate this, this friend. Like they, they were maybe 10, 12, something like that. And for whatever reason, there was a, there was what we call a soul tie formed between this, the person being prayed for and this old friend. So they, in spite of the pain that this other person caused through berating her, through telling her that she would never add up to anything, she wanted to be friends with this person. So she put up with it. Perhaps because through the... Anyway, perhaps through the... Through the situation... Uh, and earlier in life, it was revealed through the course of the prayer that her mom started saying that about her, that she would never amount to anything, that she mm. would be nothing. To hear that from your mom, ouch. That's crazy. That's just... So inviting Jesus into those moments when... You know, on the walking home with the friend, the friend was berating her. Or in those moments with her mom, where her mom just trashed her. She saw Jesus. And this person was is Muslim. So she saw Isa. That's what they called Jesus. Right, right. In those moments. And all of a sudden she realized, I wasn't alone. And I didn't need to accept those words. I don't need to be super critical of myself and I don't need to just take it from that neighbor anymore. I don't need to be triggered on a regular basis anymore. So she gave that pain to Jesus. And all of a sudden weight was lifted. Hmm. There was freedom, even though she hadn't been saved yet. So this can be done with somebody who's not a Christian. And in fact, it can be a part of leading them to the Lord because they've experienced his love. They've experienced his power personally. Right, right. And that's not something you can that can be taken away from you. Right. So... I suppose that was example and walk through all at one. <laughs> um, so what do you guys think about that? 
Well, there's definitely a uh, power when it comes to your words and how the enemy uh, tends to use that through people to uh, bring you down. I've definitely had I've definitely had that. Um, whether when I had one year in, because uh, I was homeschooled for all my life, uh, I went through uh, middle school one time, hated it, hated it. Because just the kids that they what they deal through and how they grow up so fast and the stuff that they're exposed to and a lot of it because they go through it could come from broken homes. Of course, I didn't know that then, but as you know, get older, you you learn how kids they're not, they're not that different from you. They just they just have gone through a, a weird experience, um, an experience that is you know disheartening mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, so, it's, so there's power in the in in the in those words, and it's so important that we bring uh, words of life, his words. Savan, you had something. Go for it. Uh, yeah. So me uh, to tie into the topic for the audience, the the listeners. I was curious on how we parallel how these attributes, these aspects, these traits, when it comes to being delivered from demonization, from illnesses, illnesses, the symptoms, so on, that it ties into, again, the topic of um, being delivered also from, uh, let's say, bitter roots in some needs to be removed. In other words, when we are speaking about people being delivered from um, past traumas and pains that were inflicted by some, the reason that is because the evil spirit, the demonization is often places it uh, keeps it present. And it reminds me, and it's actually the question I had ultimately, is that we're I think for, I know that for a young believer, okay, um, pardon us for technical difficulties, guys. Um, it sounds yeah, like Stefan's having some issues with his headset there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that seemed to fix the issue. I think there was an issue with the with the mic with the inline mic on your headset there. Yeah, how much did you get from that? Yeah, go ahead and repeat. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead and start over. Okay, so basically the question is this: that what we're speaking of and what we're saying to people is that this is scriptural; it's biblical. So, in other words, we have the testimonies of today of the now, past 20, 40 years. But this stuff can also be found in the Bible, the word of God, the scripture. So when a young believer in Christ is reading, say, the Gospels, which is probably the most famous example location of um, what you see is that Jesus removes demons from people or removes demonization and illnesses. And quite often, depending on what book is being read, it does feel very concise, very summarized. But the point that we are making 
altogether here is that there are other aspects of deliverance, other aspects mm -hmm. of being healed that involve um, removing, again, the bitter roots, but also the idea of removing any uh, generational issues, um, which is something that I was actually looking for, um, trying to find it in the books of the prophets like Jeremiah and so on. Uh, it also reminds me of uh, King Saul from the Old Testament, from First right. Samuel, where he was afflicted, depending on translation, a tormenting spirit, an evil spirit was afflicting him. And even though King Saul doesn't appear to have ever seen deliverance in that sense, uh, it is interesting to me. And even, I think, even gathers a question for me, is uh, how often do we see in the scriptures a direct reference to someone who's being demonized? Uh, mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. Uh, we know about the Gospels, uh, but of course, there's also the book of Acts, the uh, mm -hmm. Acts chapter 16 girl who's uh, delivered. Um, but the point is that we're also saying that there are other um, issues inside the individual that need to be dealt with. And what we're really bringing to people here is that these testimonies that we speak of in the modern day, they're also found, those attributes in scripture. Uh, especially in New Testament really comes to mind, like uh, forgiveness. Uh, forgiveness is a very important uh, key element in terms of deliverance, um, not holding a grudge against our brethren or our neighbor for that matter. Or better um, yet, or better yet, a grudge on yourself. That's probably yeah. the, one of the hardest things that that we tend to deal with as human beings, the mistakes that whether we've made and how, and how we tend to hold on to it because you know we or beat ourselves up with that mistake and maybe just one thing that we should have known better and we don't we don't tend to forgive ourselves i say that so and and when you can't forgive yourself i'm speaking from experience there's things i you know that i for, there are some things i have and there are things i do struggle and that i have to allow the holy spirit to deal with me with, with these things as there may be a point there, there is probably at sometimes it, it's not a, it's not necessary you, you'll you'll find out that there's nothing that you for you to forgive in the sense of, your, of yourself because you realize maybe maybe it wasn't your fault or better yet forgive yourself knowing that you can start new because you have jesus now he can make everything new he can make everything uh he can make everything better if you allow him to and that is the one thing because we tend to punish ourselves because we feel like we deserve it which we do but that's not what Jesus is trying to teach. He's teaching us, focus, put your eyesight on me. Put your focus on me. So that way you can walk the straight and narrow path. Yes, you're going to fall, but I'm here. Take my hand. Get up. Mm -hmm. um, stop beating yourself up. Stop criticizing yourself. Because, um, again, that's the one thing the enemy likes to do, especially with children. And I guess, I guess when you were just talking, Savan, it made me think about um, how the enemy focuses on children and when i was thinking about middle school and i was saying about broken homes that's the one thing the enemy wants is to keep children um from feeling like they have a purpose you know making them feel like they're worthless of whatever background they got but to keep them on the ground so that they can't allow jesus to raise them up and another thing is when we have beef with god Mm. that's a thing isn't it yeah like we'd i don't know about you guys but i've certainly had my moments where i'm like oh yeah 
Oh yeah, <laughs> the things I could tell you. I mean, and you know, anytime when I've actually drilled down into that, I'm actually mad at myself in those situations. Right. Because it's really not God's fault that I did something stupid or didn't no, no. do something. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so many but times. But that's, that's, that is the truth to admit because then, you've, then you're like, why did I get after him? Why did I get after him? I got no place. I'm like Job. And it's like, it's like where, where was I when you made all this? <laughs> I, I'm nothing. I'm sorry, Lord, that I got after you. But the thing is, Jesus can take it. If anything, he better. It's better that we take it out on him than on someone else that that could hurt their journey with Jesus. You know, um, it's because against Jesus can take it. Mm -hmm. He took our sins. He can take our anger. So sometimes we need to bring our frustration so that we can eventually start praising him. And you know, you see that in the Psalms, mm. right? Like it's all through the Psalms, like. David or whoever wrote that wrote a particular psalm will start out the psalm just depressed. Just everybody's mm -hmm. out to get me. Ugh. I hate them. <laughs> you know, kind of Anakin Anakin in episode three. <laughs> I hate you. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but the point is there, like. That those are things that need to get unpacked. Those are issues yeah. that need to get healed. And forgiveness that needs to be experienced and given. Right? And that's a part of the process with any of these inner healing deliverance models. Because it's all about helping people to kind of get through, get past those hangups, those, uh, those triggers to bring it back to current present day language. Right. Right. Um, and you know, we, we don't want to be running around triggered all the time. Right. Super offended if we're nothing. Uh -oh. <laughs> That's another topic right there. <laughs> um, and you know, that also gets into programming, which is another topic, but you know, it, and, you know, continue, Stefan. Yes. So uh, since we are, let's see, the point is to inform people what demonization really is. And some of the traits are separated from the more, I would say, um, deliverances from, from sicknesses. Now, we see both in the Gospels, definitely. We see in the Book of Acts and so on. But if we're talking about deliverance from demons we have to explain to people how the we're going to call it the modern day uh recommendations for healing are also found in the scripture because so often if you just look at media in general i don't want to go on to that topic but it's a it's a good proof they usually show demons in a, a very different context than how the bible is speaking of them and it's in a very different context than what people are actually dealing with. And that's where we want to inform people. What is demonization really? And how is it that with what we think of as modern methods of asking God to forgive, let's say grudges, for instance, or uh, pains that have been inflicted upon us by other people, where that is found in scripture. 
even though in scripture, those topics are often not always found with evil spirits, but they are directly connected. And going back to the triggers that, again, we know is also part of demonization. I think of the gospels once again, where so often people who were afflicted in various ways by evil spirits, whether through sickness and so on, uh, when Jesus would be near and he would be in the area and they were some distance from each other, but nearby, the trigger would happen because the demons recognized that Jesus was essentially about to, or could very well, and he did deliver their vessel. He would remove the demons from that vessel. Um, but going back to the most important point of this session today is that we want people to realize that um, when we speak of having God remove bitter roots, uh, when we have God remove generational, what we think of as curses, but it could also be repeated patterns. Those are the traits that demons are using to entrench themselves or keep themselves there. So one of the reasons the so-called modern recommendations of being cleaned up from those attributes is often brought up is because demons tend to use those afflictions and pains and damages and just stuff that shouldn't be present in our lives to stay there with us. Mm. So my point is that where in the scriptures can we direct people to show them that the so-called modern day deliverance recommendations are indeed scriptural and what books, in other words, demonization, not just deliverance in the gospels, book of Acts, so on, or King Saul's example, uh, because it certainly says it directly, but where else in the scripture can we direct people, perhaps in the books of the prophets or Proverbs, uh, talking about Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, there's mention about uh, not letting anger or rage control you. Mm. And so often the scripture, depending on translations and of course the original language is always the best by all means, how often does the word spirit or some word that denotes spirits, like the spirit of rage, spirit of lust, spirit of greed shows up. We want people to know those are demons that it's referring to or something of that realm. And we have to be delivered from various components of the dark realm. And in the scripture, um, even though the word demon may not always be used, when it says a spirit, obviously a spirit that is of a bad attribute, that is also a reference to deliverance from evil spirits, from demonization and removing the bitter roots, forgiving people, having God literally bringing before God and saying, God, I need you to show me what I don't know, what's keeping them there. And then secondly, God, now that you've shown me, once that happens, we have to wait on him to show us is that Lord, the attribute that you have revealed to me, I'm now bringing that before you and say, Lord, it is yours. Take command, take authority, uh, the throne essentially of that problem in my life or the problem I have with someone that the demons are using or my sickness is using, let's say it that way also, to aggravate itself in me, to remove those triggers. And that kind of goes in with what, again, you were mentioning earlier, Matt, the idea of bringing before the Lord these troubles that we have, these grudges. And again, you see that in New Testament quite often, even Book of Acts and Paul's letters. Why Paul was writing those letters so much to those ecclesias, and even, I dare say, Revelation chapter 2 and 3, some of the most famous ecclesias ever in Scripture, where you see God, or earlier 
you know, an apostle bring up uh, these issues that have to be dealt with. The reason those issues have to be dealt with is because that removes the triggers when they are delivered, removed, mm -hmm. when they are healed. So yeah. that's what we're talking about. And that's what we want the audience to know is that these recommendations are scriptural. It's just that today we have this modern day uh, systems and testimonies and uh, proofs of why they work, why they function, and why these patterns are good to learn and decipher, and why we want to look into these uh, different methodologies, because it actually is based on scripture. It's just that it's all over the Bible. You have to put it together. We want people to be aware that the gospels may be the epicenter of removing demons, but the entire scriptures have to be studied and brought together. And that's Absolutely. basically what I'm seeing at the moment. Yeah, again, going back with it, putting everything that we, what you were talking about, Stefan, uh, putting that in the context of um, with Ecclesia community, it's so important that we're all learning that together so that we're, again, that we're not alone in this. Yes, there's a time where we need to have our own time with the Father so the Father can reveal things to us. But it's also mo it's most important that we all come together and open up with each other so that healing can come out, can, can come forth, deliverance can come forth. Uh, so that way we're not putting on that mask saying everything's fine everything's great everything's a and then behind you it's like yeah right thumbs up <laughs> and and it's like no i'm 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 i'm, I'm depressed i'm miserable and it's interesting when you were talking about Stefan finding examples in the old testament the only thing i can really i was trying to think of other examples i was thinking of uh, like what uh, matt what you said this the psalms of david mm -hmm. a lot of, and and a lot of what whenever would um, David would sing praises to the Father. He would pour out his heart, but every time he would sing praises, then he would sing. Then he would re uh, receive the Father's joy, because no doubt there was demonic attack for what he was going through, whether from the run of Saul, what other experiences that he was dealing with, especially the sin that he committed, uh, murder and and uh, adultery. Uh, probably he was feeling so discouraged and not now unworthy. That because again, then when because when he was convicted by the prophet Nathan, he was probably feeling all kinds of stuff, and then when he finally when he repented, and probably sang some praises, then that demon then those demons left. Yes, there were consequences of his actions, but the Lord was still with him when he repented. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, example I can think of is Job, um, when Satan uh, comes forth to the throne room. Really, I, I I always marvel at that picture coming before you know. Uh, the throne room uh, of God to time. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed. I've noticed this guy. I've noticed this guy. But if you do, if you take away this with that one, such, yeah, it was actually God said, "Hey, what about Job?" Yeah, right. What about right. Job? He's great. I bet you can't. I I bet you can't mess with him. It's like, okay, take away. Allow me to take away this, and he will surely curse you in your face. Very well. And it's not that God can, can be convinced of anything. He 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 knew what the enemy want wanted, but he was a lot using this opportunity to teach to grow, have Job grow in in him. Everything that that we go through is an opportunity to put our focus back to the Father and to grow, even in the midst of trouble, no matter how traumatic. And he went through traumatic stuff. Uh, no joke. Honestly, I mean, it would it, in a, in a human's mindset, it would be you know it would make sense that he would curse God if he would, you know, to mm -hmm. curse God in our, in a human's perspective, but he didn't, but yet he was still dealing with, you know, complaining and all that. And that's when God had to chastise him a bit. 
Matt, and, you have yeah, thought. You know, I would with Job. I don't know that I would necessarily take that story literally as though it literally happened. Like there's there are a lot of narrative pieces there. That's to find. Where it feels like well, it feels composed, frankly. Like the this then that then that sort of plot devices that actually were fairly common in ancient Near Eastern literature, but I digress. The The point is that we can trust that God will come through in the end. Yes. Whether that looks like deliverance, whether that looks like physical healing, whether that looks like, you know, what it, whatever it is that we need to overcome what the evil one has done in our lives. Right. And overcome what we've allowed him to do. Because in many cases, we've opened the door, whether through Absolutely. words that we've spoken or received from others yep. or through sin patterns that we've practiced or that people in, you know, that our ancestors have done. Yeah. Now that gets into some scripturally shaky things when we get into generational stuff, but there is something to be said for it. And right. people do experience freedom from these recurring patterns that seem to come through family lines. Right. These in, you know, shrink terms, right? These maladjustments. Um, so because not everything can be fixed by medicine and not everything and that whole thing in the bum rush to demystify everything to right. explain away the world right in right. the modern mindset we have turned demons into mental illness We've turned, emo we've turned the their attacks into emotional problems that need counseling, that need therapy, right. that need drugs, in order to you know. But the point of inner healing, the point of deliverance, is to remove the root, as Stefan was talking about, the bitter root. Right. That's one one term within inner healing um because so, when you tear the, in an actual plant with a with a with a weed and all that once you tear the root it can't grow back mm -hmm. so that's that's what we want that in the spirit that's exactly what the, the demonic would look like a a, <laughs> a weed uh, um mm -hmm. to get out that's the fun yeah um go for it man. so so at least three things I see. So one is that when you look at the scriptures and you see uh, demons, um, at least in the English translations, when you see demons mentioned on that word, I find it interesting, at least in my perception, that it seems that that word comes up usually in association with people whom God has either chosen, again, look at King Saul as an example, 
Uh, Job, I find it a little more difficult to connect to demons specifically, although we know sicknesses are actually, you know, in the original language considered of that same kingdom and word. But mm -hmm. it seems that Job wasn't really dealing with spirits that were controlling him, more, again, going to the gospel, spirits that were afflicting him through sickness, which is like another form, obviously, of demonization. But um, when I look at demons, the word, when it's used, at least in English translations, and I look at the gospels especially, I find it interesting that it's always in the context or the thought process that Jesus is going to deliver that human being, that individual. Now, if you just look at the Old Testament and even keep the new one in mind, like Book of Acts, the letters that Paul wrote, those Ecclesias, and go back to the Old Testament, look at the prophets, speaking usually to Israel, sometimes many other nations. Isn't it interesting how demons, um, and going back to God himself, because let's face it, God was basically showing the apostles what to write, where to go, right? Mm -hmm. The prophets, same thing, obviously mm -hmm. different context, but God was directing either one of them, uh, the categories. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting that demons seems to only show up from, I want to say God, his point of view, only, again, that word in English translations, only in the context that it's affecting his people. Again, King Saul reference or people that Jesus would deliver and of course save, um, and you don't really get, and going back to the prophets in the Old Testament, you don't really see demons as a word really mentioned that right. often, if at all, in the context of countries in those years, in those eras, that God was dealing with outside of Israel. It's like he only brings up that topic with his own people. Or later in the New Testament, people who were going to be removed, of those demons be removed from those people, they would be saved. That's something I've noticed. Yeah, and me too. the reason I'm bringing this up to the audience today is because I want the audience to realize that quite often, again, just keep what I just mentioned in mind. Has anyone of the audience ever thought about this? That are people more, just in general, aware that they're being afflicted by demons after they have encounters with Jesus, after they have encounters with the Word of God, after the, in other words, we get the picture. It seems that demons usually from a biblical point of view, English translation, that word, they seem to go more under the radar into stealth modes. Like people aren't aware of them, the way the scripture looks at it until God begins to move in that individual's life. Mm -hmm. And do correct me. I believe that there's a scripture in the old Testament, maybe the Psalms, it mentions that what are uh, basically the angels of God, uh, they are ministers of those who shall inherit salvation. Do correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, it sounds like Hebrews. But, yeah, um, that does sound like Hebrews. New Testament. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, isn't it interesting that angels, I mean, there's a lot of topics and I won't veer off into this one, but the idea is that fallen angels, demons, principalities, whatever the title rank may be, there's an idea that they have ties to the angelic uh, realm or species of beings, whatever one uh discusses there my point is this isn't it interesting that god also has um the angels that are faithful to him the spirits that are faithful to him to wash over those who shall inherit salvation in other words my point is it comes back to the demon demonization topic that quite often we see that it's not that there's a lack of demons outside the people that god is dealing with but is that they are exposed when God begins to deal with them.
Mm. And that's what you see biblically. And l- mm. let's say even testimonials today, you see that same aspect as well. Go ahead. Matt. I mean, it's, I would say that it's more that they're just normalized for lack of a better way yeah. to put it in other contexts. Like it's just how life is. We deal with this stuff. We don't know any better. So we just continue instead of it having the power to actually fix the problem. Right? Right, right. Which is what Jesus brings, which is what the Holy Spirit brings. And in the Old Testament, I the way the way the demonic is typically understood, especially later in the prophets, is more as idols. Because idols are demons. Right. The spirit behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and that's why they would, that's why they'd be worshipped. Because these entities would inhabit them. Mm-hmm. And there was actual power. Okay. And, and you see that especially earlier in the Old Testament. Because the the understanding of monotheism wasn't as developed okay it was more um it was more we we are going to worship this one out of all of the others and you even see it in like psalm 82 and psalm 8 where we hear about the the heavenly council the Elohim, mm-hmm. which that and that term gets obscured in translations that depend on the Septuagint, by the way, um, that that word gets turned into angels, which it could be. But often Elohim is just. it. It's kind of a class of beings that's that were understood as being primarily spiritual and above us. In terms of power. But Psalm 8 kind of throws that in disarray, doesn't it? If you if you see it as Elohim, because in Psalm 8 it says that we're just a little bit above the Elohim. Hmm. Because of the image of God in it. But I I digress. And that's why, sorry, and that's why we can talk about deliverance. That's why we can talk about healing. That's why we can walk it out. Yeah. Because it's a restoration of that image in us that has been marred, that has been twisted, that has been warped through pain, through uh, witting and unwitting deals with demons. And how we see their actions in us, in our lives, are things like recurring anxieties. That's demonic. Because fear is not of the Lord. Right? Right. So anything that brings up a really strong fear reaction in, in us is probably some sort of demonic something, whether they're in us or just around us going. Right. 
Um, just a- just adding to that. Um, one thing I want to clarify when when I use Job, um, I, I I use that example because of the spiritual uh, the spiritual um story behind it of of the council, but also when when they um when the enemy tried to open those doorways to try to basically enter Job, it didn't happen because Job was constantly praising God. He said, the Lord gives and takes away. I mean, that's a statement after losing your children, your property, everything. And yet you got, you still got on your knees and said, the Lord gives and takes away. Blessed is the Lord God. And, and, and not only that, having your wife and your best friends chast- coming around going, what's the matter with you, man? <laughs> right, right. I know that was such, but, um, with, and so I just wanted to clarify using that example that it's important we use that example that Job did to basically, in a way, rebuke the the, the demons from entering. The other thing is um, what you were saying about um, it's it's uh, that's why it's so important. That's why it's so important with the when you, uh, Stevan you were talking about the expo um, um, the light exposing the darkness. That's why that's why it's so important that we have the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit shows us, okay, it exposes the thing. It, it, the Holy Spirit helps us expose the the darkness that we have that we have continue to allow in our whether our daily habits or or or, or our, may affect our personality traits or, or for whatever what, what anything that we deal with in life. And if we allow the Holy Spirit to direct us, he will he will expose the things that are not of Him, so that we we can repent and rebuke. He's given us the power and authority to do that. And so that we continue to walk in his ways. And this is the thing that the Lord is teaching his his remnant to start learning so that you can start teaching the rest of the family. Um, we were as we were um when we were in our prayer group this morning, uh the thought and Ruth was uh, giving me her thoughts and all that, um what trying to save the save. And that, that expression of saving the church that thinks they're saved. And I use the example that, yeah, it, it, that, that, just, that doesn't surprise me because in, in Jesus' time, the Hebrew people thought they're good. They're the chosen people. We don't have spiritual debt. We get, there's nothing to be saved from. We're the chosen people. We're the descendants of Abraham and Moses and all, all that. But Jesus told them otherwise. He said, you need to be saved. Everyone in this world needs to be saved, especially especially my chosen people, because you have allowed darkness. You've allowed you've allowed your own uh, knowledge and understanding to save you rather than allowing God to direct you in everything. And, you know, you're at you add laws to my laws that I never said were that were mine. And but basically, we still have a debt to pay because we're still sinful creatures in general. So. Mm-hmm. That, so in a way, it, so it doesn't surprise me that even in, in this generation, we still have that spirit that we we got it all figured out. We don't need to be doing all this, but God's telling us otherwise because we we still have brokenness. We still have things that we deal with that we're talking about, uh, bondage that we don't understand why we're dealing with in the first place. That we continue going back into the same uh, steps and, and and going and falling into uh, 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 those. Uh, I, I can't get my words out, but you know you know what I'm saying. Uh, something that's getting us back into into that lifestyle that we don't that we hate that even Paul said I even though I'm saved I I do things that I hate and I don't understand Roman why seven, yeah. but I yeah so but so we understand that there's a spiritual spiritualness and I use and the other example I wanted is uh, when you were saying about um, figuring out the, the where are there in demons 
Well, we, we, as you said, with Saul, with King Saul, he had that spirit of anger. And then when he brought David, when someone told him about, you know, David's Psalms, apparently, apparently they were hearing someone heard of it, of David's uh, greatness uh, when it came to Psalms of praise, someone heard it. And, and they, and uh, they brought David to the king. What an honor. And uh, to, to bring to your, to a ruler. And he was just playing the harp, playing, playing praise music. And that apparently that, that spirit left. It couldn't stay in that atmosphere of praise. So that's another pr uh, battle strategy for you people that to overcome, whether if you're dealing with anger, depression, one of the battle strategies is praise. And that's something that's hard to do because we don't feel like doing it. But when God tells us to praise him and we do, that demon has to go because he can't stay in that atmosphere. Mm -hmm. He cannot. So that's what so that's so I just wanted to give that example. So it's important that um, this is why deliverance is so important and the power of the Holy Spirit that we need to be walking in that because we are spiritual beings living a human uh, experience as the phrase goes we uh but with with uh, jesus in our lives um we're in our we're in our rightful place where um where we were before in the garden of eden uh but it's through jesus that um that has been atoned for that now that we are atoned we have been given access to what was almost was rightfully ours beforehand until until we betrayed him but god made a way for us to come back so mm -hmm. anyway so yeah i mean it's and deliverance let let's underscore what we're talking about here we're not yeah, talking yeah. about the 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 big tent revival um the exorcist all this dramatic, right. um, traumatic stuff where people flop on the floor and projectile vomit and all this nonsense. No, 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 no. That doesn't have to happen. We don't have to be afraid of the demons. We have the power. Right. Because of Jesus in us. Because of the Holy Spirit in us. We can say, be sh we, can, we can tell them to shut up. And they have to as long as we tell them to do so in the name of Jesus. Amen. They don't like that name. They hate the blood. So anytime you're dealing with a situation where you're seeking to set somebody free or seeking to be set free yourself, you have the authority to say whatever, whatever spirits may be present Shut up. You are, you are not allowed to manifest in any way that would harm the dignity of the person being helped. Amen. And then you can proceed to deal with the trash, deal with Absolutely. the garbage, deal with the pain, the wounds, all that, all the stuff, mm -hmm. all the forgiveness, mm -hmm. all of the undoing curses and all the stuff all all the garbage that these demons need in order to have their hooks in you so i just wanted to um expound on the um well first the question uh, do check me on this that there's a scripture that states that the father and his son they made every throne or established every throne every kingdom dominion to, it might be New Testament verse. Mm-hmm. Well, with, okay, with that in that mind. That sounds like Colossians. 
yeah, that. And I was also looking at Matthew chapter six, of course, is the, uh, the famous, often called the Father's Prayer, when he's teaching them to pray. Of course, he says, uh, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely, merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask him. And of course, part of that prayer states, um, in the NLT version at least, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. Which brings us back to the book of Job, uh, chapter one, the importance. And it reminds me again, the gospels with Jesus, he would speak in parables so often. And it's important for the audience to realize this, regardless of how you look at the books of the Bible or the stories that are in them, whatever the viewpoint may be, but it's important to remember the most important and the only real important thing. They were included for a reason, those stories, those examples. When you see the example in the book of Job of the evil one go before God and his throne, the courts, and of course, there's that uh, conversation that involves Job and gets that story going. But it has to deal with going back to that verse in Colossians, the idea that the father and his son, they established all the dominions, all the kingdoms, all the power rules, what have you. The reason I'm bringing that up is because the audience needs to know, for those who don't know, and then for those who obviously do know, just to encourage them, that demons or fallen angels or look at the book of Daniel when you're dealing with like princes and so on. Uh, you're dealing with what we often think of as kingdoms. But going back to the so-called Father's Prayer or the prayer that Jesus was teaching his disciples at the time in, let's say, the book of Matthew, for instance, mm -hmm. he mentions on earth as is in heaven. Well, if you think of it that way, how many of the things that we see on earth operate very similarly in heaven so the point is that when we think of so-called angels or elohim or spirits the ones who are faithful of course there are those who fell away of course um, we have to recognize that we're dealing with these um, so-called countries nations governments of the angelic fallen angelic demonic realm so there is a different kind of literalness that people have to accept if they want deliverance from demons and that is that they have to um have jesus remove them the individual who's being demonized or afflicted by an evil spirit of some kind um to be removed from that dominion that kingdom that nation that government that way of doing things so it's not just again book of daniel reference not just governments on earth um but governments in heaven shall we stay you know, oversimplifying it, um, or governments from below, obviously. The point is that people have to be delivered locationally speaking. Because if you think about the kingdom of God, there is a location to that. And of course, we have scriptures that say our body is a house, a temple, a vessel. We are meant to be houses of God, God in us. Mm -hmm. It's not just Solomon. Solomon's like, God, I'll build you a house. But then you get to Jesus and it's like, hey, people, you are, you are the meant house. to be you are the, the house. house. And that's why the demons have to be removed from our houses. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I just want to say this too, going back to earlier, the Old Testament, the idea that you see uh, Ruth from the book of Ruth, uh, you see uh, Rahab or Rahab from Jericho, 
why were these women so intent on leaving their cultures behind for, at the time, the people of God? Why? Uh, is it because they did want to escape a culture that was just naturally demonic? I mean, we have to consider that. Mm. How many of these nations at the time were cursed or just, you know, doing the consequences of whatever demons they're worshiping? In other words, my point is, in the modern era, how many of us have families, ancestry, and background that's just naturally coming from this accursed realm of demons, and we don't even realize it? Right. So my point is that we just have to recognize other scriptures that say um, where it's like the earth is covered in darkness and the people in great darkness. I need to remember where that's located. Isaiah. But the idea, Isaiah, thank you. The idea, so many Old Testaments um, proof of this is amazing, isn't it? Um, the point is this. We have to recognize that this earth is cursed with a connection to demons and fallen angels and princes and so on. So for the audience, the point is this, we are naturally from this problem. What Jesus is really offering us, the Holy Spirit of God, you see in the Testament and so on, or even the book of Job, the example, in other words, the parables of Jesus, again, the example, is that we are being led almost like the Israelites with the Red Sea crossing, because in the wilderness, they still thought like slaves. They still mm -hmm. thought, well, where are the Egyptians? Where are the, the catering services? That's what they were mm -hmm. complaining about. Um, but God <laughs> had led them away from that. And that's the point. If you want independence from demonic realms and dominions, you have to start thinking in terms of freedom, yeah. in terms of changing your ruler, changing your, your spiritual government. Not the one you see, but the one you don't see, the one that counts. Uh, don't fear what is it, man who can kill your body, but fear the one who can kill your soul. Mm -hmm. So that's what the scriptures, and, and that's really what I want the audience to take away from here today is that when we talk about forgiving others, removing, uh, having God remove bondages, having God reveal why are the demons still sticking around with us or coming from generations of cursed cultures, of course, demons are, you know, numerous, just understandable. But the reason why all the drama, not necessarily with demonic removal uh deliverance but the drama of just having that in our past the reason that happens again with jesus when he encountered people that have demons they just freak out but really what's going on is that the demons are afraid that god almighty your creator jesus his son the deliverer you can think of him as the bridge even to god the father well, he is he is yeah and yeah. yeah for the audience especially that you don't have to be stuck with the religion of demons anymore that force you into these tears and these statuses. You are a royal priesthood, New Testament reference again, um, when you Hebrews, are yeah. with Jesus. So that's a change of identity. That's a change of, I don't see myself as trash anymore for the demons to toy with. Hallelujah. If I am a royal <laughs> priest, priesthood with Jesus, that changes my actions. So it's very important that we get people to recognize who may not be aware of this, that your identity has a lot to do with the demons no longer being having any authority over you. You're not giving them that authority anymore. You're not attracting them with the label of trash anymore. Your label is royal priesthood with Jesus. So that's basically what I wanted to mention to the audience, a very important topic for this session. 
Yeah. Um, and kind of wrapping this up, uh, we can always go back to kind of what really started this, uh, the OKM ministry and this is understanding the term Ecclesia at Caesarea Philippi. What Jesus was trying to show his disciples um, at that at that mountain where there were multiple temples, but three in particular, the pit of Hades, uh, the temple dedicated to Pan and the temple dedicated to Caesar, declaring him as, as a god. But, you know, with those temples dedicated to these deities, slavery, you know, bondage or, you know, uh, uh, condemnation. Jesus, in the midst of it, said that upon this rock, this is where I'm building my ecclesia that's going to bring my freedom, my salvation, deliverance to the entire world. That that the gate, the, not, not even the gates of Hades that's right there in front of us is going to stand, it will stand against the church. Will stand, it, it will not. We will overtake it because we have the power and authority of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. And remember, the, the term ecclesia was inherently political. The, in the Roman system, Rome would send out ecclesia to recreate Rome in its colonies, to bring the way of the empire, the way of Rome to Corinth, to Ephesus, to Thessalonica, to you know, Antioch to this is a re this is a recap for those who are uh, just who maybe who knew and maybe are still learning ecclesia. Go for it, man. So it these this was a small group, usually ten or twelve people, who would be sent out sent out basically as ambassadors of the Roman way. So Jesus grabbed that term and said, "You twelve, you are my ecclesia. You." bring the ways of heaven to earth. Mm. Mm. That's what Ecclesia is about. That's what these home fellowships are about. That's why we're talking about deliverance. Because mm. not only can we do it on a personal level, but we can, it, by dealing with the personal level, we can, start deal, we can start healing families. We can heal neighborhoods. Amen. We can heal cities, counties, mm. regions, states, the country it's oh. all in our grasp as god leads as god leads because the authority we have is delegated authority it's given to us to follow his ways to follow what he says to do like jesus did mm. we were talking about how jesus would go off on his own and just spend time with the Father, right? That's what we need so that we can learn to hear his voice, so that mm -hmm. we can see some of what's coming and respond the way he would. Yeah. And bring heaven to earth. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm pumped, guys. I'm pumped. There's just one small little, it's one scripture. Just one small one. scripture, man. Just one. one scripture, <laughs> but it's important. It's actually what Matt was saying. Now, check me this. Um, there's a scripture that says the kingdom of God is already among you. It's already here. Yep. So check the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yep. Okay. So to the audience, what Matt was really bringing up there is that the reason why the demons have to leave, the reason why you have access to 
this deliverance from Jesus is because the kingdom of God, that means the kingdom of the Father, the kingdom of his son, Jesus, your Savior and Deliverer, the kingdom of the Holy Spirit, therefore, is here now with you. So just mm. like you see the manifestation of demons with you, you also have just next door, literally, just your word, your mouth, your um, your, your statement away, You're so close to swapping over to the kingdom of your deliverance. And that's what I want the audience to take away from all this. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. I think this is a great uh, time to wrap it up. This is, it is. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I really am. <laughs> this is uh, just hearing these stories because so and also audience, if you want more evidence, go search for it. Look up ministries that deal with the, this deliverance we'll, and we'll continue to do what we can to provide more evidence, but it is out there it, and, and discern, always discern. Um, but but uh, but the point is that deliverances are, are real. God is still moving, and He wants to move through you as well. And I and and I pray that for those who are listening that are may, dealing with any kind of issues or anything, anything that they're struggling with, that 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 you guys would seek the the same deliverance in the mighty name of Yeshua, and that you would take what we what we discussed and apply it to you. That's what we want. So anyway, uh, guys, thank you for uh, watching. Stefan, we're so ha always happy to have you on here. It's always great. Uh, uh, great. Uh, we love hearing what you got to say, what the Lord's saying through you. Uh, so at, for those who are listening, thank you for guys for listening into this podcast. We're here every um, Wednesday, um, Wednesday morning at uh, 9 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, for those who are in specific uh, Pacific time, uh, it would be uh, 6 in the morning. Uh, we appreciate you guys getting up that early to, to listen to that. Appreciate it. Um, if you are listening in that area, but anyway, uh, for our, like I said, for our, for our contact information, you can always reach me at Instagram at Caleb underscore meal for, uh, uh to reach Matt on uh, telegram at uh, Matthias 76. We're both on telegram. You can all, we'd love, please, uh, uh, click like, and subscribe, uh, depending on where you're listening to. If you're listening to on your favorite, uh, podcast platform, if you're listening to on rumble, and if you ever listen to the recording on you on our YouTube channel, by all means hit like, and subscribe. We can use the support and by all means, spread the word, spread the word about this podcast. If you've been touched, we want to, we want you to spread the word and, uh, invite others to listen in. And if you want to reach us uh, at our email, um, please, uh, it's outpouring underscore fellowship at proton.me. And you can also reach to me. I'd love to hear from you at Meal at outlook.com. The background music that you guys hear is from Indie Folk Background, KL Productions. So with, all, with that being said, God bless all of you. Uh, may you continue to be blessed and that you were blessed by this uh, podcast. May you walk in his ways and shine your light to this dark world. Um, Anyway, so shalom, shalom. We'll see you next time. Amen and amen. Amen.